Huh, I love this bar. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome down to Dive Bar Mitzvah. This is our first remote uh, episode. We are in the Big Easy. We are in New Orleans. We are in the Crescent City. And um, I have a whole lot of history here in, in New Orleans. Uh, my parents moved here like 10, 12 years ago, or as they say here, before the storm. Uh, and so I managed to pull uh, some great comics down here uh, who are part here for part of a Hell Yes Fest and drag them uh, to bars they've never, ever been before, uh, but bars that I try to hit every time I'm in town. Now, I'm going to give you, and the bar we're at today is called Cutters. It has a nautical theme. It is not for goth kids. Um, and I turned down, I believe, $186 here. After hours... And I probably shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, I was here with my girlfriend uh, about eight, ten years ago. And it was, you know, long, I mean, the bars, I mean, first off, I don't think there is a closing time here. But this was after the bar was supposed to be closed here. And I was just hanging out, getting drunk with my girlfriend, a couple guys. Oh, and by the way, Cutter's very gay, very gay bar, which is awesome. It's one of the reasons I stopped by, uh, but, but, but very, 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 very gay. And um, we were hanging out, uh, getting drunk, as I said, my girlfriend and I, and a couple guys at the bar. And the uh, bartender um, wanted to ask me if I wanted to make $186. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I'm all ears. Sure. Um, now, and basically, the way this was set up, the bartender you know, went over his, to his tips, and he got out a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $10 bill, a $20 bill, $50 bill, $100 bill. Tips? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And just put it down on the bar in front of me. And I was like, okay. And then he looked at me, the very serious face, and went, here's the deal. You stand up at the, or you put your knees on one of the, uh, one of the bar stools here. So you'll basically be kind of at pocket level, let's say, with the bar. And... You jack off, and what you come on, you can keep. Really? So the $1 bill, it was closest to me. The $5 bill, next. 10 after that. So it was like, oh. yeah. So it was like a game show. Right. I, of course, immediately looked at my girlfriend, and she looked at me with the biggest, well, you got to fucking do this I've really? ever seen in my That's life. Lovely. And my uh, parents live about two blocks away from here. So I totally wussed out because I had I I, I went forward. I, I had a future vision of my mom laying on her deathbed right. and being heartbroken and sad. But knowing in the back of my head somebody might have told her that I came on $186 and got to keep and it. And that doesn't help you really get it up, you know? No, that whole idea. no, not at all. Yeah, so. so I took myself out of the equation. Um, we'll see how tonight goes. Uh, who knows what will happen cutters it's it's a magical place all right um and not only is this our first out of town uh show like out of out of real town show this is our we have our first international guest we have a canadian everybody uh ladies and gentlemen david hetty there's applause right now hello hello yeah uh well thank you for doing this uh we oh, just did uh, the stand-up record showcase i it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it it's the first time i've ever met you what what, what have you thought about new orleans so far i mean I think it's a bit, it's 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 a bit it's a bit like d dirty a little bit. Yeah. Uh, cities which 
which seem to have an economy which which relies heavily on tourism make yeah. me uncomfortable because I feel as though perhaps people are unable to be themselves or they don't they feel they can't feel as if they're enjoying this the city it's not for them you know yeah. the residents okay but on the other hand uh I think it's a wild sort of layout. Anyway, that's what I think, basically. But, I don't mean but to be so negative. Overall, but I mean, it's thumbs up or it's thumbs down. I mean, because, I mean, this is... It's a pass... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's go fascinating. On. Like, to come yes. down here and I've never seen it and to understand, like, the humidity and to feel this, have this, how I sweat here. Before you've been here, what were what was your main reference point for New Orleans? Pelican Brief. Okay, yeah. You ever see Streetcar Named Desire? No, I never have no. either, actually. Brad so. Renfro, you know? Yeah. These sorts of things, like yeah. you know, these uh, legalistic murder mysteries. And I've never seen The Pelican Brief, so this is the lamest movie combination. <laughs> never seen any damn movies. But now, did you get the same vibe through Pelican Brief that this was kind of a dirty, weird town? Because I would say, I imagine you can't really put a movie in New Orleans without the character of New Orleans kind of being, you know, dirty, run down, and, and corrupt. Yeah, I mean, it's so it has such a, a rep, it has such a character. It's a, the, the distinctive. You know, reputation. You come here and you're like, can it actually live up to it? And parts do. I mean, there yeah. is like great music. There is of more music than I encounter elsewhere. Yeah, just walking down the damn street. Sure. Yeah. And you know, whatever you have your you have your people making terrible caricatures where the tourists go as you do everywhere yeah. else in the world. Yeah. But uh, it reminds me a little bit of Spain, a little bit. Okay. I suppose with the with the with the streets, the architecture, and then the and the light. The light is beautiful here. Yeah. Like I want to understand at which line of latitude it is because i know like it reminds me of certain places like in spain where i've been okay anyway I, you do something that i didn't even know was much of a pro- i mean was it actually like a profession or a gig you teach comedy i, I teach some comedy writing yeah a couple, okay a couple times uh a year at mcgill university in montreal university like a real this is not like a learning annex thing this is a real damn this is accredited right i mean no one in the states knows that mcgill is like a very good university okay you know? yeah it's like top I don't know. It's like, you know, in all the rankings, it does very well. Uh, and in fairness, not only have, am, am I not Canadian, I've also never been to college. So, I mean, I never had to look. But even, but it's a, yeah. It's, but look, it's a writing center class. Okay. You don't have to be enrolled at the school for it. Okay. So it's, but it's given by the university, yes. So what kind of stuff do you go over? How do you, can you teach comedy? I mean, I guess, I hope so, because the answer is no, this job's screwed if they ever hear this. I mean... It's a funny thing because it's kind of a, like I think there are okay okay because there are different kinds of teachers I think mm-hmm. there are teachers who present uh, a subject matter trying to remove themselves from it like they don't want to impose their own ideas and opinions on it of you course know? yeah like a dispassionate or disinterested objective philosophy you know history of philosophy but then there are also those people who maybe try to like infuse their own ideas as to what's going on in yeah, a certain Yeah, because how can you be a good teacher without kind of giving them a bit of your voice? I guess so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. And, you know, there are, like, whatever. This is the what I'm familiar with. You know, there's, like, so-and-so, you know, like, Hegel's, Hegel's, Hegel delivered his own theories of history, you know, philosophy of history. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I do this, but that comes to mind. Like, that's the, you know, in my mind, with an, an exemplar. Uh, so... I, I I can only I can only share with them what I, what I understand comedy to be. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a, when they produce something, I try to understand what in 
what they are trying to achieve and how what they are trying to achieve can be better executed. Yeah, okay. So you're, you're basically taking what they have and kind of like figuring out the best way that they could shine it. Yeah. Okay. And I do... Well, that's a, I mean, that's a great way to do it. I mean, because if they have the innate skill kind of somewhere in there, they try to like, you know, let it grow out and then you can kind of figure it out how for to make sure. it sure. And like there are so many times of comedy which I'm totally incapable of doing. I have no feel for, but yeah. I, I appreciate and respect and I see what's good in it. Yeah, so if you had... I mean, and dare to go hypothetical with me, David Hetty, if you had... A comic who might want to go for a deaf comedy jam kind of thing. How right. could you get that voice out there more? So if I was to say, you know, <laughs> you know what, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the hypothetical city more. But you know, I mean, do you, do you think that you could do that? Do you think that you could teach someone with a, with a, you know, a diametrically opposed sense of comedy how to make it better? I think so, because I do think that there is an internal logic to comedy. Yeah. I, I think that regardless of the values uh, it refers to um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the greater world, there's something which, within a joke, it can is better or worse. Okay. But that, 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 that itself, though, is what I think about comedy. Um, and we go, like, there's a little bit of... Ex- there's a little bit of there's a lot of philosophy of comedy in the course as well. Okay. And history. If you look, I don't know, look at like 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 Henry Bergson and Kierkegaard, yeah. Aristotle and Kant and things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cursory because it is it's not supposed to be a theoretical class essentially. Um, but then it's nice to it. I think what's important is that I tell people like you do what you want, like do what you want in this class, like don't hold back, like yeah. it's a waste of your time if you're if you're embarrassed or exactly. you have shame in, yeah. this, in six weeks. <laughs> Now, and speaking of which, not only are you uh, teaching uh, at at a, at a well-respected Canadian school, Canadian, which, yeah, <laughs> nice caveat, but yeah, thank for, you. for Canada, highly respected, school, I'm told. School, school. school. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like being the cutest waitress at a Denny's, I guess. Uh, no, you, you know. Okay, so let's just go through your bio real quick, and I'll even shout it out for you. So, lawyer, sure, yeah, uh, and, and you studied philosophy. Yep. Uh, not, and then you're also now teaching. Your sister's a published author. Sure. Definitely. What the fuck did your parents do so goddamn right? I mean, seriously, like I, I'm an only child, so I don't have anyone to really judge against. But it seems yeah. like, you, I mean, are you are you the only two kids? Yeah. I like to joke. There's a third one who's like just like <laughs> just working at a gas station. Terribly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, differently, terribly. But how the hell? I mean, what what do you attribute this to? That's a question that we, Sheila and I, get every now and then. Yeah. And we kind of joke about. Uh, we kind of think like maybe an unhappy household or like things in a house in which things. So are not new set parents pay attention. Yeah, I mean, really, just kind of let everything go on the skids. Is that what you're saying? I mean, my my parents each they're they're each like lovely, loving, intelligent people, but they're very different. Like they just have different values and yeah. different ways in which they think a, you know a, a child should be raised and money should be spent, things like this. And so perhaps this like perhaps a sense of things that life isn't as simple as it could be presented. Okay. Like there was never perhaps there was never a unified front. Okay, so you had you know, two different ends of the spectrum yeah. trying to, with two different modes. Yeah. Of uh, and how old are you? 33. Okay, so this is early 80s, and you had yeah. uh, had two parents just, you know, but, and, and are they still together, your parents? This is a really personal no. question, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, like no, not personal. Okay, well, yeah, but I mean, it, it, more probing than I usually do. But so, um, 
I was hoping you were going to say yes because then I had follow-up questions. Now I just All look right, like an sorry. asshole for Lori to get around. Um, but so you had... God, how do I dig myself out of that? No, um, go deeper. Yeah, I, I will, happily. So how, how are they doing separately? Did they meet other people? Is everything good? Uh, no, but I mean, so... And how often do you talk to your sister? How's that? I'll just change topic very quickly. I don't know. I mean, it's it's every every day, every yeah. other day. We're okay, very close. great. Um, now, and do you go over shows with her? No, because you say and you save that for the for uh, uh, ongoing video series. Wait, what do you mean the the uh, what's what's it called? Uh, what went wrong with last night? Exactly, show? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And how often do you do those? Because those are That's those are really interesting. Really, I think I, so. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done one in a very long time. I think the series kind of came to an end. It, re- it because things stop going wrong at shows. I can only imagine. It's right? True. That's right. <laughs> it, it 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 realized it's sort of like. Uh, Audiences started watching this podcast and go, you know what? We could be better. You know what? There is some there is some dicks in the audience. We have to take care of them on our own. No, but no, there's still like there's still like terrible evening sort of a surface level. But yeah. fu- like fundamentally, each evening is okay because it satisfies like this piece in the whole of the comedic process. So I thought that it was a little bit uh, disingenuous at a certain point to sort of call an evening something like something i mean something can go wrong it's a nice story and storytelling opportunity yeah but i thought that i'd stop feeling so terrible that any evening after after i started i started trying so to go you into have, it a while. you had just become you know kind of anesthetized to the concept of things going badly no it the idea like overcame itself somehow okay like like by by delving into what went wrong you realize that there isn't anything somehow and so the things that were wrong really like came to fulfill a greater purpose. That's a very that's a very philosophic way of looking at it. Well, you know what? Know. Really, yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to go in the uh, opposite uh, philosophical vein. Give me a number between one and t- one and ten, David oh, Hetty. One and ten. Eleven. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. What uh, we're featuring tonight on Dive Bar Mitzvah, which we have for the last uh, couple. Um, it's a new part of Dive Bar Mitzvah. It's called the James Lipton question. I have ten questions that have been asked at behind, or inside the actor's studio with James Lipton. You have chose number seven. All right. Number seven. All right. This is a good one. This is the, this is the classic James Lipton question. What is your favorite curse word? I mean, fuck is pretty good. Yeah. But maybe more colorfully, fucking hell is something I say. Quite I don't. Yeah. Can you say fucking? I mean, curse word. I mean, I guess that is that a bit of a phrase at that point. Yeah. I fucking hell's good fucking though. Fucking hell under your breath, like you know, things don't go well. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's something. And I, I mean, and I don't want to make this about things that I've stereotypically noticed about Canadians that I will give to you because that just that makes makes me sound ignorant. But you don't. I mean, it seems to me, and I obviously know most Canadians through. Actually, I had a great run. With the show Intervention Canada. Okay. It's like Intervention, but it was in Canada. I guess in America it's called Intervention Canada. Perhaps in Canada, right. much like Belgian waffles, it's just called Intervention. Because <laughs> um, Belgians are called, or because waffles are called Intervention there. Because they're, they're, pr- they're not proud. That's yeah. Their, that's their problem. But I mean, even so, in Intervention, because I had watched all the episodes of Intervention. My girlfriend and I, uh, a different girlfriend than mentioned earlier, okay. but I'll just say a royal girlfriend. You know, I have one big girlfriend throughout my stories uh, one big girlfriend that's no wonder I can't keep them uh, but I'd watched all of the episodes of Intervention she and I had uh, to the point where we started looking on YouTube for other countries wow. that did it and Canada had one okay. now Intervention and you are you familiar with the show right? yes I mean yeah I mean basically you have a drug addict a drunk um, a bulimic 
uh, which are my least favorite. Um, right up there with the needle drugs. Bulimic or needle drugs. Least favorite in what sense? Well, I, they're just harder for me to watch. Oh, I see. My, um, <laughs> my uh, voyeuristic tendencies, when they start to gross me out, I walk away, much like any voyeur would, you know, walking right. by a window. You're just like, well, that's no good for anybody, that's and you just get the hell out of the way. Okay. Uh, but... The uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, yeah, and then they, of course, there's the surprise intervention at the end. That is the whole kind of idea of the show. Uh, but the Canadian version, and I'm not joking, is a much nicer because at, at the end, all of the junkies or drunks or whatever, they uh, ten times out of ten, it seems, they're just so nice they end up going. Like they like here, there are strippers, you know, kicking and screaming and fuck you, I'm not going to there. Like in the parking lot of a hotel because they always do these in the conference rooms of hotels. Really? Yeah, so there's somebody like probably trying to check in at the front desk, and no, there's some screaming girl in the background, uh, you know, which is the last thing you need, you know, with their family crying chasing after but not in intervention canada um and when i and, and when you said your favorite curse words fucking hell i noticed there wasn't nearly as many beeps in intervention canada because i mean it seems like a mad middle-aged white canadian they're about as bad as they're gonna go is man no come on okay so i'm wrong so you're trying to tell me that canada and canadians are can be just as dirty as us because i mean we sure. we think that you guys are nice i guess is what we're trying to say i think we have our own shame I mean, that's on you guys that you don't, under, you don't, you don't, you, you think that you're worse than everyone else, you know? Yeah. That's maybe that's part of it. No, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, and we're kind of like, you're like the little brother that's doing better than us. So we're kind of rallying. I mean, I don't know how you, maybe I don't know how you, how you, how badly, how badly you can curse. But certainly all the words that I've heard here, I've heard there. Yeah. No, no. And I'm not saying that, that they don't exist there. I'm just saying that. Yeah. It seems when people uh, the, on television shows that I've seen, like Intervention, when they get angry, it's just like, oh, man, you know, that's just not cool. You know, I mean, and that's about as bad as it is. And I'm sorry for the really bad so Canadian accent I, that I just gave you. But, yeah. So is what I said. Is that something you find surprising? And that's like worse Fucking than what hell? you've heard? Or? No, because I expected you. But it just kind of I was just kind of taking the temperature of Canada through one man okay. and, see, and thinking that it's a slightly less profane country. What? Okay. All right. Or maybe okay. I just think we're, we're very profane. Can I? All right. Is it okay to ask which, what other responses you've received in like in this in question seven? I've never done question seven really? before. Well, fuck it, hell's a good one. I mean, I think is, what's the dirtiest one? The dirtiest swear word? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, just a one-off word. I think it's contextual. But uh, overall, I mean, what's what's going to be most likely to to walk the room? I think cunt is bad. Cunt. I'm with you on cunt. I think because it's kind of. It's a little bit, uh, like, sort of vague. Like, you don't know what's being referred to. Yeah. Whether it's your gender, I mean, as part of it, or whether it's, like, your your, be your behavior. Because I think it's, anyway, I, th I like yeah. the uncertainty, I think, is a little bit, like, unsettling. Well, and uh, to, to tie into the uncertainty, I mean, I think it's not as offensive to call a guy a cunt. Right. I mean, if you call a girl cut, like I mean, that that that's that's a that might be a bridge too far. But when you call a guy cut, because it's not appropriate at that point. Like I mean, I'm going to slag you outside of out no, of heteronormative norms. But I think that's why also it's sort of so kind of like sacred because it's a word which is like just because it can't be used across the board doesn't mean it's not maybe you know like the the the, the most un one of the you know untouchable because. I'm not saying I use that word, but you just did. You just, just said it in the podcast. Sure, yeah, no, I mean, just you know, just uh, in the course of conversation. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. but even if you don't use it, just to know that it's still 
it still is a word. That that still it still retains its strength. Which which it, that's very rare. I mean, you don't hear. To, I mean, even. I mean, you can. Yeah, it's not uncommon to hear shit on on cable television now. Okay. I mean, it'll be five, ten years until shit's okay. actually on. Fuck, probably never will. But cunt, if fuck ever makes it on, cunt's another twenty years after that. But yeah, the whether the permissibility of saying it. But just because you don't think you're allowed to say it, it doesn't mean that you don't see people in your everyday life. You're like, oh, like what a, this person. Yeah, like, whatever, what a cunt. For any word, for yeah, any yeah. word. Just because you can't say it doesn't mean it doesn't they're not out there. Yeah. So I mean, so we should say it. We should we yeah. should claim it. I okay. <laughs> Take it back. Yeah. Do you presently have a home? No. That is so weird for me. I mean, and I've talked to a number of comedians over the years, and like uh, Glenn Wool was the last one I talked to. Oh, Glenn. And, and we were just talking about a fellow Canadian. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. also was a fellow homeless. Like he was just oh, really? you know on the road so much. Like you know, it's just dumb to pay rent at that point. Right. How how hard is that? As as I mean, not to have a home base. I mean, as as just a human, you know. I mean, not even. I'm not even gonna shoehorn this into a comedian conversation. <laughs> I mean, like that's. I mean, is that weird? I would think it would think be weird. So. It's hard. There's no. There's like a little bit of a ever-present anxiety. Yeah. There's no sense when you go back. You like go back and have this sense of relief, and like you don't have to worry. Like if you're constantly in someone else's space, it's not that you just don't have things. Your bed, which you know, yeah. or you know how to get a, where to go to coffee. Exactly. But you're almost beholden to other people. And your time is never really completely your own. Yeah, because, because I mean, you have to, you can't be a dick to the person that you. I mean, like, if they want to hang out, you pretty much have to put a smile on and go through it, right? Yeah, it's true. That would drive me nuts. I mean, it's not a, it's not the best situation, you know. Like, you know. And how long has this been the case for you? Almost two years. Okay. I mean, look, I've had places like a, you know, a month at a time. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, month yeah. And a half at a time, uh, but it's always like whenever I go back to my dad's place where my stuff is it's like <laughs> it's like oh yeah like i have all this i have all these things yeah and i forget about it um so it's just tiring because you can't you're never fully at rest yeah I mean, and that's uh I, I was talking to my mother earlier today because my mom uh lives here in new orleans as i mentioned earlier on the jack off story uh <laughs> but yeah i mean and, I, and like new orleans is one of the few places i'm comfortable visiting i don't know because i have kind of a home base here and it takes that level for me to be relaxed like if i'm out of town like a, a hotel like you know i mean maybe after a while i can do that but i'm just i've turned into such like i, I bought a house uh oh, wow. five years ago but now i'm kind of a homebody like now but so right. now traveling begins to freak the old man out and that's just depressing because i you know when i was younger i'm just like ah i'll take the world on but now it's like oh i've been in vegas for four days and jesus i wish my cat was here and this no, is horrible completely, completely. But so, and you've gone two years. I mean, how have you? How do you believe you've changed? What have you learned from it? Uh, that's something I never thought of. Um, what have I learned from it? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean I, how have you? How have you? I mean, how? What's? How has your perspective changed? I think that I want a home. Like I understand this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that I think that I understand that your your maybe your your desires change over time. Like mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I've learned anything. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I just because you asked the question doesn't yeah. mean that I doesn't have mean you have an automatic it. answer. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just. Well, I mean, I figured background in philosophy. I'll throw some. I'll throw some esoteric off the wall shit at you. See if it sticks. So far, it's rolled off. I know that. I know that I'm much. I know that I. I know that. 
I like I like I like being by myself. But I knew that before anyway. Mm-hmm. I knew, you know, I don't. I don't need constant stimulation, really. Yeah. If I have a if I have a place, a room in which I'm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how how often are you on the road? So I guess pretty much all the time. But I mean, I mean, on the road, like I sp- like okay. Let's say I spent in the past October, October three months. I spent like a week in Montreal, a week in Toronto, and then like three weeks in New York, and uh-huh. the rest is moving around. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah. Hey, if you had to pick three cities, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, what's your, what do you listen to on the road? Do you have any favorite road music? Yeah. Uh, would it be Lady Marmalade no, by uh, Christine Aguilera? Is this Missy Misdemeanor Elliot? And uh, who the hell else is in this uh, game? Uh, I don't know. Not Patti LaBelle. No. But okay, yeah. But if it was, if it was quite the coincidence, because it's coming over the jukebox right now. Uh, yet again, we are here at Cutters in New Orleans, Louisiana, <laughs> in, the, in the Marigny District. Um, but I mean, what do you listen to when you're on the road? I guess it's basically, it's basically support, like 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 classic rock. Okay. But but something like uh, you know, it's really nice. I picked up a Simon and Garfunkel album. And it's a lot about sort of being on the road, like you know, across America, bus stations. Yeah, feeling yeah. Lonesome. There's a do- they did a documentary about home it. Constantly, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, on NBC. It was a Variety Hour. It was Simon and Garfunkel, and it was kind of like the it, they they fleshed it out in a visual form. Really? It's out on the YouTube. See, sometimes you learn on this podcast. <laughs> but what's also nice is actually listening to the radio because you get the regional feel of wherever you are. But doesn't, I mean, if you, regional radio, doesn't that just mean that whatever region you're in probably kind of sucks a lot? Cause, I mean, how often do you really strike gold? A lot. Really? So okay. I mean, look, if you're driving through, like, Mississippi or something. You're a bigger optimist than I am. Okay. I, I, all right. Yeah, this is great. We're you learning. Want, you want to hear Christian radio. You want to hear the preachers, <laughs> you know, Byron Brimstone, things yeah, like this. Yeah, or yeah. you want to hear, you know, like uh, Elvis or whatever. And yeah. you're by Memphis. So, you know, Texas has, like, without my, with the pirates I've driven through, have beautiful radio. There's, like, one radio station where, where like, male cowboys sing about being lonesome, and then there's another one where female cowboys yeah. sing about being, or oh, cowwomen or whatever. Yeah, 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 cowgirls. Yeah, cowgirls. Yeah. And it's, so that's a nice thing. But, I mean, so, I mean, what, what do you, what do you, like, listen to? What do you, what do you have, what do you bring along with you, if anything? At home, I listen mainly, or at home, at my, my own time, I listen mainly to, like, Your stories you, are falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a lie. Like 50s, 60s jazz. Okay, you know, yeah, I mean, great. You know, like Thelonious Monk, I yes. love very much. Yeah. Um, but that's not good for driving. No. Because you need something that does that's like not like syncopated. Because yeah. you have to like just move forward. Um. So, on my own time, it's like jazz, jazz mainly. Yeah, I like some. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I like. But and some classic rock if it's on the radio, like De- some CCR. Yeah, exactly. I like even like Michael Jackson, Madonna, like something like like Bee Gees. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, like like Silent Life, Silent Life, Silent Night Fever. Yeah. Like things like this, which have More like energy to keep you moving. Yeah, totally. More like yeah, completely. I like I don't know. Metric is a great Canadian band. I mean, yeah. they're more than Canadian. Yeah. Whatever that means. Uh, Arcade Fire, much yeah. from Montreal. Yeah. Uh, who else? I like Gershwin. Lots of Gershwin. Not Canadian. Not Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> neither. Neither. Yeah. Neither of them. Uh, how do you How do you think Canadian content rules have ha- affect the life of a Canadian? I mean, do, are you more likely to be familiar? Wait, a Canadian artist or a Canadian like you know citizen? Yeah, a Canadian citizen. Or or somebody who might be getting royalties. I yeah, I, yeah, I know. I think it's funnier. It's like it's like we can only be exposed to like you know this percentage of American content yeah, in yeah, our yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's really smart. 
I think states should take that on. I was in Florida uh, listening to the radio because that's what I do. Uh, drive around Florida, listen to the radio. But honestly, I heard more Leonard Skinner, more Tom Petty, and more Casey and the Sunshine Band than oh, really? I'd ever heard on radio in my life. And on a number of channels. Like, they just automatically put in a lot of Florida content. And I'm like, way to go, Florida. But it makes sense. Like, also, Leonard Cohen I love. Yeah. And, like, at, like spending so much time in Montreal, I really understand the references. And I understand, like, I know, you know, the kinds of... You know the, girl, the the women he sings about. I yeah. think in my you, head at least. So you decided not to have sex with Janis Joplin. Congratulations! Is that what he did? Really? Yeah, yeah, it's one of his songs. Yeah, I didn't know that. There you go. Uh, I know one thing about which, Leonard Cohen. Which song? I don't know. I was going to cut you off before you asked because I, I don't know. I can point you to his old home apparently, though, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. He did what? No, his old home, like oh, you know, his, his old, residence. Oh, I said his old home repair. Like, no, 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 no. That's where Leonard Cohen used to used to do the be- most beautiful cabinets you've ever fucking seen. Like, I mean, the guy, right. wordsmith and woodsmith. I mean, geez, what a Perhaps, guy. Uh, a renaissance <laughs> man you cannot find. I'm beginning to feel like a shill for uh, stand-up records. It's not, you know, but uh just so happens I am uh, close to the family on this. And you have a new album out called, It was no, the full title was It Was Okay, an album of comedy by David Hetty. Correct. There you go. Uh, on the spine, it just says it was okay because we I didn't know. have room it was, for it. it was a and thank spine. you, and thank you for letting that go through. Because well. there's a couple seconds there where I tried typing it all in on the spine. Really? I'm like, well, we can't. There's just we can't fit it. Wow. Uh, but anyway, tell me about what went into this because this uh, wasn't. You didn't really have fashions on this being uh, a widely released thing. All right. Well, basically, what happened is that I was living in New York for a little while. And uh, doing short sets, short sets, short sets, but I didn't stand up for enough years. And I, I was like, I'm kind of frustrated. I had a drink with a friend, David Gel- Gelston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, you should make an album. And I laughed it off. I was like, yeah, right. Like, yeah. How, like okay, he, like how do you, you know, yeah. Yeah, he, exactly. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. no, he's like, I can do this. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, look, he's like, I'm a cinematographer and I have a camera and we can just do this. Yeah. And it had never occurred to me. So that was maybe November. And then... I phoned up this bar, Grumpy's Bar in Montreal, mm-hmm. where he's like the where the comics do stand up like every week. There's yeah. a beautiful weekly mic, and so New Year's Day they're always closed. Yeah. So the manager said, "Look, we can we can reserve this for you." We were closed the worst night of the year, but if you want to do it for your comic, you actually got that many people out on New Year's Day. Yeah, completely. That's insane. Yeah. So we 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 like shut it down. We took he and Ram, the guy who runs the bar, or one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, he, he, we took the. We said you can come into the door like, you know, like eight to eight thirty. That's it. Yeah. And then we he took the handle off the door, the doorknob off the door. So there's okay. So you could not no get one in. Comes to leave. And this is a basement bar, right? Yeah. So you know, no, nothing bad can happen there. You know, <laughs> now obviously fire codes are a bit lax in your home country, but yeah, okay. And there was smoking inside. Great. It was like this, like real speakeasy atmosphere. People were invited, you know, sort of by email, private invitation, maybe bring a guest only. Yeah. And we did one take. And before then, it's really funny because like I never had the opportunity to do to work at them at like an hour long set at clubs. Okay. So, so I was putting on my own shows, like in friends' apartments, uh, and again the homelessness thing, like on Christmas Day and Christmas the next day. Or the night before, the day before, because it's Eve Day and whatever. And uh-huh. like I was at a at a at a at a friend's apartment, 
who was she was at her fr- family's place, and I put on a show that night, a show the next night, just rehearse things. And this is like eight, you know eight nine person shows. Yeah, maybe so, if that. Yeah, I mean, just trying to craft the full hour for this. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, like, I don't know, it wasn't material the clubs were receptive to. Okay. Especially the clubs that knew me, because those are the clubs like in Toronto, Montreal, where I was where I was developing or starting out, and they're like, oh, that's a little like you know, if they can go with a comic who's not as prickly or, yeah. or the potential to offend someone, they're gonna yeah. go somewhere else. And they're love, they're one fantastic comics. And yeah. so I, I get it; it's like a business, but it's it was great to create this. We did one take, turned out fine. Again, I, I I had no, I didn't have a home the day the the night before the recording or the day after the recording. <laughs> I was I was uh, I mean it's a very funny thing actually. <laughs> I like I had time to kill before the show began but nowhere to stay yeah and this is january 1st in montreal exactly it's, not where it's, you want to be fucking cold yeah that's on the subway and i was like uh, i was like what do i do it's like do i go to a movie theater or do i stay on the sub like stay in the subway it's like no like go to the theater yeah so i yeah, went to the movie and i saw the coen brothers movie uh a simple man that was right no i love that. that i love that okay it was because the- i have some questions for you after <laughs> this is over all right that's yeah i love that film uh, no, the one with the cat when he rescues the cat, it's like the it's like the oh yeah 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 I don't remember what it's called. It's um we'll it's know a, by the time it, this is. It's a Bob the Bob Dylan character. Yeah 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 I mean it's a guy's name. Lewin Lewin, Lewin Davis. Yeah yeah. And I watched which this. I really liked. I, I thought it was yeah, shot beautifully. I, I enjoyed this. And uh, and John Goodman's character, you know, always you know steals the Coen Brothers. But yeah, I mean yeah, <laughs> twenty verses of Jimmy Crack Horn. You know yeah 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 right. yeah yeah. No, it was very good. Anyway, yes. But I'm sitting in the theater and like. Here's this, here's this like artist, and he's poor, and he's like sleeping on people's couches, and yeah. he's stepping in like slush. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why am I coming here to escape my reality? I'm watching this. Like, this is the way. Some, I want my, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. this is bullshit. <laughs> God damn it! What are the Coen Brothers gonna make a movie about? My life. When do I get to sing my way? All right, uh, real quick. Uh, what's the best breakfast meal? What's your favorite breakfast meal? The best breakfast meal is as uh, world traveler eggs. David Hetty. I mean, you know what? Rent Huevos Rancheros is really nice. Okay, but that's that's too heavy. Yeah, just like a simple. I'm not a big omelet guy. I, I don't I, like omelets yeah. either. Too dry. Yeah, too much there. I like the eggs that I make at home when I have a home. Yeah, see, this ties it all in. See, now you cannot have a good egg because you do not actually have a home. Doesn't right. this cut into well, you? That's Doesn't part this? Of it. This is just, just, yeah. It is. I wait for when I can have my own, like, sauce with me and, you know, utensils I'm familiar with. Yeah. I understand how the stove works. Yeah. And it's also a sign of your leisure. You know, I used to make eggs every every day, and there was time, and that was beautiful. Damn it. We need to get black, those days back. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. For sure. Uh, uh, so what do you have coming up? You, you know who Cliff Nesteroff is? I do. Uh, he's actually written a, a bunch of, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I read the WFMU blog oh, a yeah, lot, yeah. which they just shuttered, which is horrible. Really? They just stopped doing it. But yeah, Cliff wrote, wrote a lot of stuff for that. It's always the most interesting stuff. So basically, so he, has, he has a book coming out. Yeah. And uh, he is going on a book tour. And one of his stops is in Montreal at Drawn and Quarterly, this beautiful little bookshop. Mm-hmm. And I get to be the one who interviews him and, really? and, and about, for the, on his stop. And yeah, and it's super like, it's a super like, uh, you know, it's like a kind of a privilege to be able to like ask him the questions about his book, which his book uh, raises with me. Yeah. And so that's, I think, happening November, I think, 13th in Montreal. So if you're around Montreal or, you know, now you got time to buy tickets, screw it. Yeah, do it. So he's having, you know, asking him questions and and talking about the book. And that's fascinating. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, 
And then what else is going on? I, I, I think I'm I'm teaching the course again or whatever in Montreal yeah. in like the, in January, February. A very esteemed Canadian college, <laughs> yes. Canadian, yeah. The, you know, the, the asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pants. Well, I mean, it's either community college oh my for God. most of my friends this is so de- This is so demeaning. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just shows. I'm going up. I'm going to Florida in a week. And I'm oh, going awesome. Up, well, listen yeah. to the radio there. Lots of KC in the Sunside Band. I didn't think I liked I hope so, him. When, when I was there. a kid, couldn't stand him. Like, all disco is horrible to me because that's, I was raised, you know, in 1989. Who the hell likes, who the hell likes disco? Casey and the Sunshine Band, their third <laughs> album, one of the best fucking albums of all time. Is this like, true? Dude, okay, yeah, whenever I just yell dude at people. Uh, no, the third album, like the side one is like, you know, that's the way I like it, Boogie Shoes. It's like a best of. Like it just, oh, and that's okay. just side one. Like they got, they were just like, well, let's let's write a hit album and just did it. Really? Uh, the production's really good. Um, yeah, because they uh, were through TK Records, and they uh, and the and uh, KC oh. was one of the one of the house producers. So he got really good at making making songs. And I will I will apologize for no one on the, our last podcast. I defended the work of um, I didn't defend, but I I, I championed Men at Work. I don't know why All Australian. Right. Yeah, but but yeah, this time I will I, I will say without fear that uh, KC and the Sunshine Band made some great songs. I mean. I don't have a. It's not. I'm not. That's not my. Uh, you know, my uh, my area of sort of arrogance or something. I don't know. I would. I would accept this. I mean, what yeah, I said. Yeah, Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd be, I think the Bee Gees are great. So yeah. But I guess. I mean, not Australia. Everybody thinks they're Australian. They're not. But like, I don't know. I mean, I have shows like I don't know coming up in like Boston, and I think uh, <laughs> way to get it back on topic. No, Thank but you. I really want to. Because I don't know. I think it's anyway. Sorry, I don't mean. But like, and and uh, and Maine, and Maine. I think I've been going to Portland and Maine or something like this. Uh, so anyway, I have a website. Every all the shows are yeah. listed there. That's so. why we do it. And, yeah. and, and the website is well, davidheady.com. Yeah, there you go, so. davidheady.com. New album out there right now called "It Was Okay." Yeah, an album of comedy by David. Hey, by David Heady. Um, and uh, you can get that right now, or he's coming to a town near you. Oh, yeah. And what a great way to end the Cutter's <laughs> Bar here in the Marini in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Cutter's, it's a great place, uh, and maybe just maybe on a special. Moonlit night, you might be able to make one hundred and eighty-six dollars <laughs> here. Uh, I'd like to thank David, our guest. I'd like to thank the Crescent City of New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Ian, thank you, thank you. It's such a, it's a, it's a lot. this is a real pleasure. I, you know what? I crafted this whole podcast just so we could drink <laughs> together at Cutters. All right, great. And I made it happen. All right. It. Thanks again, David. Thanks. And a word uh, for our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. We have one car service, Driving Smiles That Extra Miles. Call 612-545-5848 for a ride or find them on Facebook. Program it in your phone, 612-545-5848. Stag Beer, mm-mm-mm, it's the beer in the golden can. Can't get enough of that delicious stag. And, of course, stand-up records. We like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight up and bitter. They have new albums out by, <laughs> They have new albums out now by, for Mary Mack and Maggie Ferris and David Hetty. See you next week.